Hi Goran, welcome back. Hi Adam, nice to see you again. How was, was it the summer? Uh, really busy summer. I don't know what what people are doing these days, but uh, I I think that we have like more and more work to do. Not like moving so many applications from one platform to another, refactoring, 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 and this thing will never end. So like a really working summer. <laughs> I don't know how it, how to say that. How how was yeah. your summer? Very similar. Lots of requests, uh, lots of Java in, in the clouds. So crazy summer, I would say. Uh, it was never as busy as now. But um, it's a good thing. So I know. Yeah. Uh, I've it. heard some people uh, gathering at, uh, at, Cre- uh, at uh, the island of Crete, you know, for J. Crete and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with this. I'm really impressed with this conference, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> I have to find time and energy and, and, and somehow to get to get somewhere during the summer to to spend it in a, in a way that I really, I'm really relaxed and, and still like read something. I just, just can't get into it. Yeah. The problem is the time. So, um, yeah, I also, I tried also to avoid conferences if possible because of time, but what I do uh, from time to time, if it's, if if it works, you know, a a short, short meetup and, um, which, which usually works now, uh, back to the topics, uh, to our topic. So one interesting topic is the persistence in the cloud on AWS, for instance. And uh, it's really interesting, especially if we consider this from Java. So how to call mm-hmm. something or how to choose the persistence on AWS. And some things are not that obvious, right? Like correction pooling, for instance, um, may, that there yes. could be some challenges. So uh, we already had the story about you. So you are the MySQL yeah. fanboy. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. Uh, That's and you like it, run it in production. So which databases are you using in production currently? Or which yeah. persistent services, not not necessary yeah. databases. So the, the crazy thing is, like, I'm always thinking about that. What what is actually a database? You can call anything a database if it has a storage and a proper index, you know. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of other stuff that goes into like a database management service. Or how is it called? But in general, anything can be a database if you have an index, you know. Like so, uh, the 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 database I use mostly these days <laughs> it's a, a AWS S3. You know, when mm-hmm. you when you look at the, the number of requests, the data I keep there, uh, it's, a, it's a storage, you know, but with, a, with all characteristics of a database. So it has a, it's, it's a key value store. It can keep small and large data. And uh, uh, the good thing is that it's also now integrated with a lot of other services. So you can, you can save a lot of data there, and in, in the, for example, in JSON uh, or, or, other, or Parquet or other formats. And then you can make a query on this data. Especially if this data, uh, if, if that's something that you don't really need too often, like uh, logs, GPS collected data, IoT data, stuff like that. So you can query them. You can make a, a SQL query and then get results from 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 that uh, from that storage. And uh, from from that perspective, you know, you see when you, when you when you forget about like all these years where we only thought about relational databases. Now everything is a database, so you need ju- you just need an API, and uh, if you just if you call the API and say put or whatever, it's a database. So, uh, uh, and in that terms, uh, uh, the other database that I use mostly these these days, of course, is is AWS Aurora, but the MySQL yeah, uh, like flavor. Uh, but look at look what look what they did. You know, they replaced the storage layer in the database. But uh, wait a sec, with, with the S3 because uh, I also uh, use okay. it a lot. And uh, even even in more interesting, I, I use it actually for very frequently accessed data. And I thought actually it won't work because of latency. But what I found out that the latency, at least you know, in uh, Frankfurt, is pretty good. So actually, you can call yeah, yeah. even for small object the standard uh, S3 in 30 milliseconds. So this is... Yeah, uh, yeah. So it depends. Yeah. What, what do we call fast these days? <laughs> yeah, this is not fast, you know, if you com- compare it to DynamoDB, but yeah. uh, it's still okay if you compare it, you know, because you can store the entire JSON object there. And this is really what we do. And um, what's, um, what's S3 is also interesting for, it has a kind of a folder structure, which is called prefix. Mm-hmm. So with that, you can... Uh, you, can list, uh, yeah. you can have, you know, search on, on key on key or at least you have a folder like structure which is uh, good enough and it's not like s3 is very convenient for us java developers because it is more like a hash map so it's very similar to a hash map i would yeah. say if you if you you can actually uh, create an abstraction for s3 which would be 
hash map like. But the interesting part is you mentioned this already. One thing is it's very cheap. So it's the cheapest because it's the you know the it is the foundation of everything else. So all the backups of other databases actually stored in a three, and all the persistence is usually a three. And the other th uh, uh, stuff which is interesting, it is um, you know uh, you get the um, failover always. I mean it is always stored yeah. I think in six yeah. locations, and you have uh, uh, it depends of course on on the tier, but. Um, and uh, uh, backup, you can have optional backup, you know, not to backup your data, but more like, you know, you can copy deletion prevention. Else, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And um, and compliance. So there are lots of stuff which is already no compliance. So you don't have to, like, you no know, legal lock. You can say, uh, I, I cannot, you know, change the data which is already there. So uh, this is, yeah. And you can, you can do SQL problem. query. You can do SQL query, you know. Yeah. Do, do you use uh, Athena for, for stuff? Like, yeah, you don't not use always, a, use because a... you have to create a schema first, you know. It's not ad hoc, so you have to create the uh, the schema first, and then you SQL with Athena, which is actually Presto. Oh. So you can, you, can, you can query it, but you have to do something uh, first. Which is okay, yeah. but it's not always needed, right? So uh, but, but there is a thing called there is a thing called glue, glue crawler. Okay, mm -hmm. so you can just point it to a folder and it can detect the schema. schema. Yeah, and also it, it can change the schema. You know, so if, if if you add some new column in a JSON and or CSV file and then upload it there, it will automatically detect the change and it will the data will appear in the next query. Mm -hmm. So it's a you see the the, the database system is now a, a complex uh, thing. It's a, it's a lot of APIs. Around something, you know. So who who cares what that what that is? You, you just call the the API and you store it somewhere, and you can query it. You can get data from it, and if it's uh, uh, it's if it's uh, really uh, secure and uh, available all the time, then then you're fine, you know. So so who cares how is it called? You know. Yeah, the, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, what interests me as Java developer is, of course, the how to access the stuff, right? Because yeah. Uh, yeah. of course, everything if it's persistent. I mean, if it's durable, I don't care, but how to call it. And uh, now it comes, right? The S3, the API is semi-convenient, I would say. So um, it is, it's a REST API. I mean, you can just, you know, yeah, exactly. call the object yeah. a story. So it's not, I would say a Java class with complete CRUD, create, read, update, it's about 300 lines of code or something like this, maybe a little bit less. So you usually how it starts, you know, S3 client.create and you have it and then you can you can use the API. The async API, there's an async API, and the cool story is it is even GraalVM compatible. So you can actually pick the S3 API and create a native image if you like. Um, yes. Yeah. So, and now it comes, uh, what's interesting, uh, because it's the Amazon API, it's HTTP-based. Yeah, yeah. So Everything the cool in story, cloud is HTTP these days. Yeah, yeah. But um, th this is one of the recurring questions I get, you know. If you have, let's say, Quarkus, and it calls to S3, and this is a Lambda, you, you don't have to care about connection pooling or whatever, it just works. If I would use uh, Postgres or MySQL, the th first question is, you know, I have 1,000 Lambdas and every Lambda creates 10 connections. So how to deal with it? So we would need RDS proxy or something like this. But with the S3, because it's a native serverless, I would say serverless service from Amazon, um, yeah, S3 should be not simple uh, storage service ra rather than serverless storage service, actually. Um, we don't have the you know the the the, the problems how, how to deal with connections, right? Okay, so if if you think about that now, like just stop for a second and, and see, uh, everything is going in the direction of HTTP. You know, yeah. The one day there will be no binary protocols to connect to database. Like that's really a big problem for the for the cloud because you have yeah. you open the connection and on the other side there is a process is waiting for you, and in order to get this scalability, to the level that AWS does or, or Whatever you need, an HTTP like a universal protocol, but it has to be improved. You know, we only we still use HTTP 1.1 in most cases. Even if the front uh, is uh, HTTP 3 now, still like the CDN is connecting back to the backend services in, in, through HTTP 1.1. Okay, and if you look from that uh, that from Java perspective, there is no Java library native Java library for HTTP 3. Everyone is using Cloudflare's. Uh, 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 Rust solution and and uh, through uh, uh, through Java, how is it called now? That protocol that uh, to to connect native stuff, binary executables. So uh, you know, uh, even uh, even Netty Jet, Jetty whatever is is using that uh, that that same thing. So we don't have it in Java. So if you look at the client libraries, they're still 1.1. Okay, and that means you are stuck with a lot of issues. Like you cannot have multiple connections at the same time and uh, and uh, you cannot multiplex them you cannot get the response at the same time but, so but you are one ready. day yeah 
You one day we'll have HTTP3 yeah. libraries. So we'll have a full multiplexing in, in both directions with no stops in between, with automatic TLS in it. And we will have support with, uh, uh, from a proxy server, which, which lies between, so it can handle stuff. Even uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's Dynamo, if it's uh, MySQL, if it's whatever database it, it is now in the cloud, it requires a proxy server. Why? It's not just about like the, the number of connections. It's also about routing, routing your requests, you know, because if I ask for some data, the proxy can be smart. In, in, uh, in uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon uh, DynamoDB is a smart proxy. So it, it looks in, inside your request and checks for the partition that has, it has to go. Partition is just another server somewhere, you know, so it has to route that request to a particular server and get the response, you know. So uh, everything has to go in that way so we can really enable all the services uh, like to, to use that one system, okay? Otherwise, we are stuck with all these binary protocols. Sometimes they are great, you know, and still they are great, but in general, if you want to go uh, uh, to the next step, we have to do that. So in Java, we are stuck in 1.1. Yeah, but you are very technical right now. What I, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no, very but, good. But that's the but, problem. But, that's the but problem. No, but no. the problem is even uh, earlier. So if you if you look, for instance, on Kafka, right? Okay. And you set up Kafka, which is also persistent service. I would say Kafka is a database more than a message yeah. message group, yeah, right? Exactly. So if you set up uh, Kafka in on AWS, uh, let's say the uh, MSK standard, so you can use CDK, what I usually use, and 40 minutes later you have Kafka. But you have an empty Kafka. So there is no topic, nothing. So and and then you have to use you know Kafka uh, proprietary, uh, pro yeah, no proprietary, I mean Kafka yeah, API yeah, yeah. to create your topics, and then you are communicating with these topics via binary protocols, which has nothing to do with HTTP. This is Kafka on protocol. So um, where I'm going with it, um, if you would use Kinesis, which is of course not Kafka but similar, uh, first you don't have to provision the Kinesis stuff because I mean it's already there. Yeah, so if you and if you create a topic you can access the topic exactly the same way and very similar way to S3. So you can say, you know, Kinesis, and I just sent to the topic uh, an HTTP message. So where I'm going with it, if you are using HTTP APIs, you um, you are all services are secured in similar way because of yeah, IAM yeah, of Amazon. Yes. But if you start to use the open source binary protocol, it is outside of, you know, of the Amazon, let's say, AWS APIs. So you have two security models. You have Kafka security model, and you get the Amazon security model. Yeah. If you have a Postgres or MySQL, you can use you know the Postgres user management. Okay, you can you can set up IAM authentication with the plugins, but you have to do this for the IAM authentication. So you can use you know IAM users to talk to a database. But if you use a DynamoDB, you just use your IAM role on IAM user, and you are in. So there is no secondary user management. It everything is the same. So from the simplicity point of view. What, uh, what I really like is just to go and, you know, using one protocol for all the services. And what it actually means is mostly I'm preferring proprietary managed AWS services because I get the same access to everything. But um, even if I would use, you know, Kafka or MySQL, Postgres, whatever, then I have the problem. I have to use Amazon's uh, proprietary, uh, Amazon's, how to call it, SDKs or CDKs to provision the service. And then I have to use a different uh, APIs to use the service. So this is this is actually from the conceptual point of view very interesting. So um, I was um, talking about that on 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 Meetup for Java developers because you know mm -hmm. uh, back then I said um, I don't care about clouds. I can actually run everything on promise uh, and it's usually cheaper. But if it doesn't work and I have to go to the cloud because you know I have scalability requirements, disaster recovery, security, or whatever, and I'm in the cloud. Then I will switch the strategy instead of no using, I'm depending on the cloud anyway. So instead of using, you know, uh, open source technologies, I would rather use, you know, the cloud built in technologies and, and use the features. So this is, this is actually, this is where I'm going. Well, the things are getting even more complicated. Now you can have a, a front exposed API compatible with a binary protocol of Postgre. And then in the backend, you have the same like NoSQL, whatever database, who knows which technology is, is behind. So it's kind of a, 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 a it's it's a really it's a, it's a really mix of everything now because you have developers who don't want to change their libraries or their code, you know. But but you need to scale your database. Okay, 
just keep the protocol and switch the database. So maybe you can use Yugabyte, for example, if you're using yeah. uh, Postgre, you can have completely cloud stuff, you know. And then, uh, uh, but but in in reality, the thing that you just said is that if you if you want to go in in and use AWS or or, or any other uh, Microsoft or other clouds, well, people should like get used to what like, what's what's inside. Like, what's the best thing that they offer? Like, what's the best way to connect? What's the best uh, because using this general protocol won't get you to the to the to the to these results that you can get in in, in terms of like uh, if using like proprietary local like AWS stuff. But on the other side, of course, in in most cases, it doesn't really matter. Like, do I get like one or five more milliseconds? You know, it's it's, it's maybe it's it's good to have like a general solution and then use it everywhere. So, my um, but I think the general solution is 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 more about HTTP. You know, not about yeah. uh, not about the, the, this binary stuff. I've well, been reading. It could, this, be even, uh, it could even binary, but it has to be you know the binary protocol of the cloud. So for me, it's important. You know, let's if you use for instance AWS, and I'm I'm using the uh, Java SDK. I actually don't care what's behind the scenes. For me, it's important that it appears on the cloud trail, that you know it is secured, that that I see the entire traffic. So actually, AWS could use whatever they like. So it should be a but unique protocol hidden behind the yeah. behind the yeah. SDK because it's, I usually it's, it's not using curl, right? Yeah, see, I'm not using it, it, curl to yeah. communicate. HTTP three is the solution, you know, because yeah. multiplexing, no blocking, everything is everything is there. The thing that you just mentioned about the 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 way you can connect to Dynamo, okay, and the the and the on the in, if you are in AWS, you make a call, and there is a there is a permission strategy, you know, in in AWS. So uh, the thing that is good, you know, because you have HTTP, you know, and you have proxy between, when you make a call, the the proxy can detect. Are you kind of a, uh, are you allowed? To access that particular record or particular mm-hmm. row or whatever, you know, and uh, it, it it it's aligned with other policies in AWS. The way you deploy it, you can deploy it. We are like infrastructure as a code stuff, you know. This yeah. all these policies about the Dynamo, yeah. and when you try to do the same thing with MySQL or Postgre in, in inside AWS, there's no way to log that. You know, you have to go deep inside the binary protocol and then do these changes. You know, so there's no way to limit. Per row, per 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 per, uh, per cell, any kind of access through yeah pro- through proxy. Yeah, but, that's but, not possible. But the know. issue is less, you know, uh, the protocol more that is an external product. For instance, there was Aurora V1, and there was some data API, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you could that, use an you know, HTTP from Java. I think it's not available yet in V2, so I'm waiting for it actually. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. So, but if it would be available, this would be a solution. So, what Amazon did, they they created a proprietary HTTP-based protocol on top for Postgres. This is what I'm using uh, mostly, and you can use the data APIs. The question is now how you would like, to, why you would like to use it, and the answer is of course because security and connection pooling. This is the only problem yes. I have. It, uh, nothing it, else. It automatically includes the connection pool inside. It's the the the, the, the proxy. Sorry. So yeah. it's it's not visible to you. You don't see it, but it's there. You know, it has to scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, all these days, everything is uh, about connecting to the database and getting JSON out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have a service that, that, that brings you a, a JSON, you don't care about uh, about that, you know, what's what's behind, you know. In, mm-hmm. in that terms, you know, if you look at AWS, their strategy is, uh, okay, there's no one database that can rule rule all, r- rule them all. You, know, like, you have to use database for a specific purpose okay so if you use uh, uh, if you have a, a data which is organized in kind of graph you would use something called Neptune okay if you use a, a, if you have a, a lot of logs or you're dealing with a with a, a time series you would use a time series database so it's every single thing has a database for itself and then if you have for example if you write data to DynamoDB there's no way to get the kind of a uh, 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 group by uh, some or some some kind of aggregation, okay? In the so, if you want to do aggregations, you have to export data from Dynamo to something else, okay? The good thing is that you can use uh, a change data capture technologies, and uh, uh, there is a service called the uh, 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 database migration services that can do stuff for you automatically, or you can use Debezium or other other solutions that that, that can do that through Kafka. Uh, you can do that by yourself, but in, in general. 
if you write data to Dynamo, it can end up also as a copy in like five different databases, like in S3, in, uh, in uh, whatever, and then yeah, you can uh, do the, the aggregation. DynamoDB, you can even use, you know, DynamoDB streams, which is uh, fully integrated, so it just, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, it, that's it, it uses yeah. streams, yeah, CD, uh, change data capture uses streams, you know, so but, it's... Uh, uh, the, the, the change of strategy is interesting. So the, my, my question is how, how, how you see this. So what you did back then, let's say, we say we just we use Oracle, let's say, and we access Oracle only through JDBC. Why? Because we said, what happens if the company changes the strategy and moves from Oracle to DB2? So this was the, you know, our Java strategy for years. We didn't want it to be dependent on a product. So, you know, the entire architecture and strategy in Java was, you know, vendor-neutral architecture. So we, we, you didn't want it, you know, we have JMS, not to be depending on, let's say, MQ series or whatever. What's interesting is, is my observation, if you go to the cloud, you can forget the strategy. Because the first thing you, you get, you are absolutely depending on the authentication and authorization, and this is everywhere. So to do it right, I would spend a significant amount of time just, you know, fiddling with roles, I am, uh, or identity identities on, on Asia. So you will have to spend some time with the with the security. And of course, networking is also proprietary, and you will have to know to spend some time understanding how networking is, 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 is doing. And um, so where I'm going with it, it is less important to be independent from a from 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 a product perspective because you are depending on the cloud anyway and you can try to abstract whatever you do but it is you know i don't know you are actually the the, the right guy to ask um, so if you would migrate your entire system you know to asia i don't think you will spend a lot of time you know uh, with the docker containers and quarkus or whatever but you will spend a lot of time with security uh, load balancers and and stuff which you not even think about and you cannot just you know uh, there is no open source load balancer, or there is no open open source subnet, or nothing. You, you will have to actually to to deal with the infrastructure. So, um, yeah, interesting story. Would it be actually where you would spend most time if you would have to migrate from AWS to Azure? Okay. So the first thing is that uh, uh, there are two types of connect in, interacting with the database, like writing and and reading. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, in terms of writing, I would go with the best technology I can. Uh, to provide uh, the the fastest writes, like the most secure stuff, okay, and that would mean like uh, uh, that I would go with the with the with the JDBC driver or whatever, like try to 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 connect in that way, like and then ignore whatever else is available. I would go with the fastest write, okay. Mm -hmm. But in terms of read, where it can scale in a different way, I would go. Uh, I what I have in my all my applications, I always always have a layer that translates. Uh, access to the database to a JSON. So mm -hmm. I always communicate with my API to get this data. It's a kind mm -hmm. of almost automatic, you know, like you can we can write queries, you know, and then put, put it in some kind of a repository of queries and in the application, and then mm -hmm. you, can, you can access it. So there's always kind of a JSON to database conversion. And then from that point of view, I use my, use the same application. I don't care, you know, from, from the perspective of the front end or like, all my reads, like 90% of my reads, which I used in the front end, are coming from JSON. I don't want to communicate in, a, in a any meaningful way with the database from a, from a layer that provides data to, to front end. Okay? So there's always JSON layer. So, yeah. so the good thing, like if, if, if AWS can provide that API, that's, that's great. I can use that. Uh, there's a... Uh, maybe I don't know if you heard about that. There's a, there's a database called uh, Planet Scale. Okay, it's a, it's a it's a kind of who who is familiar with the MySQL? It's a it's a kind of a, a commercial product of Vitesse. Vitesse, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, so they are kind of a, this is uh, your YouTube uh, YouTube use Vitesse, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a MySQL shard uh, yeah. sharding solution, and it's uh, it's super scalable. And uh, they just created a data, data API. You know, so you can call the data API and then connect to the, to your MySQL in the backend. So for Many cases you don't really have to uh, to know that there is a database in the backend. So who cares, you know? So so that's what I'm saying. Like you have you need to have a layer that translates to JSON, like and then you do the rest. So yeah. my strategy so what, what would, would be you that also don't care about the particular database. It has just to work. So this is what what you are saying. Yeah, yeah. and what, yeah. I, what in many I cases to... I, I I switch between Dynamo and MySQL. You know, and uh, if you if you do a big uh, in my case we have a a, a large large database. MySQL database, you know, like, and it's kind of terabytes, terabytes, terabytes high, uh, big. But then, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a kind of legacy. You know, you have to move, you have to move some data, you have to split it, you have to make microservices, blah blah blah. The, uh, and then, 
you can't do that in a day. It just takes years. So you cut one by piece by piece and then put something in the S3, put some data in Dynamo, put some data somewhere. But from the perspective of the client application, it's always JSON. I don't care anymore. So yeah. the speed of any of these databases these days is, is great. So you, you're saying like using S3, 30 milliseconds or something, perfect. I don't care. Like in most cases, uh, you, can, you, can, you can store data there, you can cache data there. You, you, in, like, especially for those applications who are like a more read-oriented, you know, that you have uh, like a, any kind of social network or anything. It's, it's, it's more reads uh, than, than writes. And uh, uh, in terms of like, if, if you look at the, uh, uh, the case that uh, AWS had a couple of years ago, they, they moved completely from Oracle to, to anything else. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's mostly DynamoDB, Aurora, uh, usually Postgre and MySQL and, and stuff like that. So they recognized that 90% of, of, of connections to the database were reads and not, not like a, not super special reads. It's key value reads, you know? So it's, uh, in, in terms of that, you have, to, you have to really rethink what you're doing. Like what kind of a database we are now using to just get key value stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So it, 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 it made no sense, you know. But so, uh, course, one question now, because uh, now forget database and consider your mm -hmm. entire system what you built. So let's say you okay. had to migrate away from AWS and to Oracle Cloud or let's say Azure, and they have similar services. Okay. Where do you think you will spend the most time fiddling? I was just doing something like that, you know, because of all this war and those, all this uncertainty and many, many companies are kind of uh, worried about the cloud again. You know, we just we just had this kind of super optimistic look at the at the cloud, but now kind of okay, okay, maybe I can run this in my on my on premise. So I, I'm using Quarkus to get the the result, to have uh, the same uh, uh, business code in the application, and then uh, the REST API is doing uh, doing stuff uh, for the serverless Lambda in AWS, and if I build it in a Docker, I can deploy it in uh, Kubernetes and get the REST microservice so it, it doesn't really matter you know so how how do i get this the the, the authentication other stuff you know in in uh, uh it depends you know you, you can just do some kind of uh, add some plugins and you add, add some kind of maybe use keycloak or other other technologies but at the end it it, it all ends up all all ends up in uh, in a, some token jwt yeah. token and that's it you don't you don't really care about about that uh the, the, the biggest problem is okay how how do you simulate how do you make the, the layer that can map uh, S3 or other stuff, you know? So th that's a bit tricky, you know? You cannot, just, you cannot make a, a, a solution that can work for any service, you know? Yeah. So my observation is, my observation is uh, you can my map S3, let's say, to, uh, I think it's called Blob Storage. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, and web, exactly. And Web Storage exactly. on, on Asia. But where I spend most of my time if it's, it's such projects is... Mm -hmm. uh, Authentication, authorization, the tokens, because uh, you, you need to know Azure ID or Amazon Cognito, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and there are different possibilities. And the next stuff is networking, because if you are public service, it's relatively easy, because public IP, you can just do it. But if you start to hide the services um, behind the internet, you know, you know, Express Route mm -hmm, on, on Asia mm -hmm. and Direct Connect on AWS, then it becomes interesting, because, for instance, on Asia... If you would like to have, you know, the hidden communication between your data center and Azure, you need a completely different plan called premium plan, which maybe it behaves completely differently to, to the other one. So I would say... Is there, is there always a pre premium layer in, in, in Asia? Like uh, if you can do this, you, have, you can buy premium and then it works or something else. How is that, does it work yeah, in you Asia? Have to, yeah, this <laughs> almost looks like this. This is like, you know, the on-demand plan, I think, basic and premium. Okay, it depends okay. on the Just service. Kidding. No, no, no kidding. This is, this oh, okay. is, uh, and if you have a service, let's, let's say Fargate, how this would work. So with the on-demand plan, you get charged per, per request. And then with the standard plan, you, maybe you, you get charged, you know, you can change uh, the, this is a little bit, so you get okay. your own dedicated infrastructure. And with the premium plan, they will start, I'll assume behind the scenes, Kubernetes for you. And then you can use it and uh, you get, you know, better networking, you get more isolated, which is not bad, mm -hmm. actually. The, 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 the plans is, is actually, it's, is you have to know about this because if yeah. you just do a proof of concept and you have you know you have the pricing and everything is in internet and you then you need you know the private uh, uh, networking maybe it's not even available for your service this is the the, the, the thing yeah, yeah. and this research takes a lot of time but never you know database layer or Java or JSON uh, we can we can fix it in days but this can take weeks until it breaks out. Yeah. so and this is what is 
difference. How much difference does it make? How how much difference does it make for you? Like, do you get like one millisecond extra faster application? You know, that's why we have Kubernetes because we uh, we decided that the the speed and the, all these things like a super super speed is not that important to the to, to customers. The most important thing is to uh, deploy applications fast to to the oh, cycle of development that, to be faster. Yeah. The other I will still stuff. not go with Kubernetes. So what I will do is, for instance, yeah. on Amazon, I'm going with Fungit. On uh, uh, on on Asia, I think I just uh, did, I'm a little bit confused with the names because Asia introduced another thing called Asia Container Apps, I think, and there's um, mm-hmm. Asia App mm-hmm. Services, and they are very similar to Fungit. So the migration from Fungit to Asia App Services is somehow straightforward. So it is easier than you know yeah. uh, uh, migrating from. AKS to AKS is from Elastic Kubernetes Service to Azure Kubernetes Service. And and actually, Azure knows about that because they offer more and more easier-to-use services which use Kubernetes behind the scenes. But where I'm going with it, which is which is overestimated, you know, the value of open-source product in the cloud. Because instead of using Kafka, if I'm starting Greenfield, I could also use Kinesis. Done. And I'm way faster. I don't have to provision anything. I save a lot of time. I can use CDK for everything. The, the security is better. I don't have to patch anything. It just works. Well, so what is highly underestimated is, you know, uh, the effort migrate between clouds regarding, you know, tokens, security, networking, mm-hmm. authorization, authentication, and even provisioning. So what uh, what, what many managers you know, believe that you say, okay, uh, or not even managers, um, we have a Terraform, then we have multi-cloud. So okay, yeah, now we have, you know, a, a terminal, but the syntax is different to, to, to AWS and to Azure. Can so, I say uh, that, I, uh, that, that I disagree a bit with you here? Okay. Uh, regarding the, the open source stuff, think about Postgre and MySQL, like how, how important they are to cloud providers. And they have no real solution to replace them. You know, like... Yeah. Google has Spanner. It's uh, it's similar, but it's not the same. Okay, there are many many, many other attempts to get the same thing, but developers like SQL, you know, and there's no alternative in this in all these services that can match these functionalities that these services have, and they're really they're trying really hard to provide as a managed service like Aurora that can do a lot of stuff, but if you just go one layer lower. It's, it's it's MySQL. It's Postgres. Yeah, it's Postgres else. was replaced storage. But yeah, yeah but um, see that it's it's still like the it's super important. At some point, uh, when when uh, uh, Microsoft when AWS introduced uh, Aurora, it was the fastest growing service, and I I would say it's still like the the, the most important one of the most important services, the yeah. backbones yeah. of the system. What? How to put it? You remember OSGI? Yeah, we had, okay. the, we had this, the same discussion about OSGI. Not we, but I had with developers. I said, mm-hmm. I don't care OSGI because I use application servers and for me it's good enough. I don't need to know OSGI modules. And they say, look, but OSGI is very important. It's an open source technology and it's used by application servers. And I told them, maybe, yeah, cool. They are using OSGI, but I don't care. I, I only would like to use the application server, not OSGI. I use Glassfish and I never use OSGI features from Glassfish. I use uh, Whitefly, but I didn't care about uh, Whitefly modules in, in Whitefly. The same here. So the cloud providers can use whatever they like. As long, you know, I'm happy with the API and I'm productive, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So this is maybe the difference. Yeah. So um, I, um, if Aurora would have, you know, JDBC API with SQL and behind the scenes is Postgres or whatever, I, I, or even Oracle, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. As long, you know, the pricing is right, it's stable and, uh, and, and I don't have to patch it. So I, yeah, I we, just, like we just need a HTTP HTTP yeah. API for yeah. a relational database yeah. is a is, is a core thing. That yeah. If you if you want to look in the future, so for even like for the for the cloud service uh, providers, one day if they are smart enough, maybe they will replace uh, the entire database in the in the backend. Uh, and I would so if I if I don't notice yeah. it, I don't care. Maybe, yeah. but but look, they still didn't, they still didn't manage to change to replace. Yeah, because it's a huge it's, effort. It's a huge effort, yeah, it's, but but it's, it's a huge, huge effort, and this is very important, you know, from the yeah. how they do it. But you are talking from the cloud provider perspective. I'm I'm talking from the you know developer perspective. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly so, yeah. You remember discussing with Java E? I said I really like you know one dependency Java E, and I'm done. I don't care what's inside. Yeah. 
and the and the and the Java e developers who, who did the server stack, we have to have modular application server stack. I don't care about your modularity. Give me one API, I'm happy. And this is a similar discussion here. And um, and what I just uh, saying, what I see is that the companies who are moving to cloud are afraid of the cloud and try to abstract everything in hope that you can switch the clouds easier. My observation is what they're abstracting from is not the actual problem. So if you abstract, you know, for the database or whatever, we can manage this as, as developers. But they are completely depending on the infrastructure, like security, networking, which which actually takes more time to do right than, you know, yes, uh, than, than, than migrating something from ECS to Kubernetes or from ECS to Lambda. This I is, agree with that the, the, the yeah. identity, identity is, is the biggest lock-in. You yeah, know, exactly. So the, exactly. The rest, and no one cares is, about that, right? So this yeah, is like yeah, I never so. heard in a meeting in a company, yes. you know, uh, uh, we have to, to be careful with our identity. No, they say we have to run Kubernetes in order to be portable. It's like, uh, great, Kubernetes is even worse because you have, you know, you need the IAM, uh, IAM roles and, 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 and users for the setup of Kubernetes. And then you need, you know, the permissions inside the Kubernetes. So you have two problems now. And uh, mm -hmm. if you would use no Fargate, way easier. Okay, cool. This was a little bit of discourse. You know, yeah. to, to, uh -huh. just, just to say that I was, like, uh, in the last couple of months, I had some kind of, de I had several deployments of some Kubernetes stuff. Ah, this is why you had a uh, busy summer, you know? My, my, I was more yeah. relaxed because I tried because to ignore... Because customers said, can you, can you just go back one step and try to do this in locally instead of Lambda? And I said, okay, okay, let's try. And I was really shocked how things are fast. You know, when you do that locally, <laughs> I just forgot about that feeling, like how things uh, can work on a, on a dedicated server. So, uh, you know, pff, cloud provide, gives us a, a lot, but uh, it can also uh, take us some, some stuff, you know. In terms of like uh, uh, accessing uh, databases, you know, one of the things which is really But, uh, but wait a second. So what you said, okay. you, you worked locally on your own servers, right? Yeah, yeah, on, on, on my clients' on-prem uh, installations. I used the same code on, uh, in Quarkus, just packed in, uh, in Dockers and deployed it in the Kubernetes, and it was psh, super but, but, fast, you know. Yeah, but if, you, if I had, you know, a good enough data center which fulfills all requirements, mm -hmm. I would not go to the cloud. Yeah, you know, it's all, it's, there's a, many, there's a, many, uh, there's a yeah. lot of things, you know. You go to, the, you go to the, your, to your client's uh, uh, system, they, and then you say what you need, and they say, sorry, but we don't have that version of Kubernetes. Exactly. And then you start like suffering, and then it's uh, there's a there's a lot, you know. It's not just uh, it's it's easy to make the application, but all other stuff that that, that are there to make an application like a bit on a business level, like integration with Active Directories and other stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, it's just like there's so much of that. It's like I have a feeling that seventy percent of my applications is dealing about the rest of the stuff, which yeah, exactly. is, has nothing to do with the application. So when you're in the cloud, someone else is doing that for you, you know, and, and, and all this small stuff, you know, about scaling and other, it's, it's, it's already there. So that's why I'm suffering a bit, but, you know, and, and I really, I really want to go to a managed solution, you know, you know, in any, for, for, for everything, you know, but it's obviously not going to be easy in the future. And because you see, like uh, the, the, if you see the uncertainty, the people will say, okay, I, I want this locally. When people are optimistic, they will say, okay, I, I trust I trust the cloud. You know, I trust American companies. I trust Chinese companies. You see that the, the world is polarized, so you have to really be careful what's going on, you know, because someone can just disconnect your your uh, service. You know, yeah. the companies are kind of, a, not, you know, so if you're just depending on one thing, you can be you can you can be in a, in, a, in a problem you know and uh, uh, you can you can find a lot of examples like PayPal is not paying money to people who, yeah. who had just why who cares it's it's American company jurisdiction jurisdiction is like kind of a, a super hard to understand so these things are kind of uh, can be really complicated that's why it's good to think always like oh just like you said what would I what would I need to 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 run my application inside uh, the the on-prem uh, system but anyway my preferred way of dealing uh, deploying applications is AWS cloud and serverless as we, as we talked you know and, and and as you mentioned at the beginning uh, serverless uh, is it like is the, is the is the highest level of, of these managed services but it brings us some new issues with the connectivity that's like a, a proxy stuff and a number of connections and, and, and stuff like that so uh, uh, you know about the crack yeah. Uh, yeah so one but of the things that is we are not supposed to know it right no <laughs> no, 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 no. Crack is like Java stuff. Yeah, this uh, is the open source like... Java stuff, open JDK, where you can preload. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so the crack is uh, is 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 it's coming. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a user space uh, 
a way to uh, store and restore the space, user space. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you, if, you, if you would run something in a, in a, a and for, if, if you if you have to if you start your application, you would usually usually uh, during the initialization initialization phase, you would connect to a database and keep that connection over. You know, just because you would use all the resources on start to get that connection and everything ready. Like in in in, in past, I would usually set the minimal number of connections in the uh, in connection pool, so they they will automatically connect. You know, so I, that that's how you you would do that. You know, but look what Crack is doing now. Now. Crack you, stands for, I'm just on an open JDK. It is the mm-hmm. Coordinated Restore at Checkpoint. Yes, and yes. Uh, this is an open JDK project where they can very, very fast restore the state. Yeah, but it's, there's also like some technologies that in, in, in a Linux kernel that can restore that in user space. So you can have it easily, you know. Okay, so I, I, I don't want to go too much deep, uh, too, too deep in this. But the thing is, when it restores the, the, the snapshot, you don't have anything. It's empty. You just have your data in user space, but all connections will be erased. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it will help uh, in terms of like uh, all this Java stuff. It will help really to reduce the call start. But then, when it started, you, you you always have to go back and connect again. Okay, so connections cannot be. Uh, persisted somewhere, you know. So uh, uh, we will go back and and, and, and uh, to the to the to the state where we need to connect again. So uh, what I tried in the, in the last couple of months, I tried to uh, remove all the proxies between our lambdas and 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 the, the backend. I tried to make a solution where I will always open a connection, do stuff, and close it. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh God, it just worked. Super fast, you know. I, I didn't really kind of notice any kind of super big problem mm-hmm. because I'm using MySQL. Just to say that, I, I would say that if you're using Postgre without uh, uh, without proxy, that wouldn't work, you know. But Aurora with MySQL has a really high. Uh, 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 it can accept a lot of connections, and it, it's super fast, you know. So I don't really notice that kind of a lag anymore. So I was just thinking, okay, why why would why would I I should think more about that uh, in, in a cloud way. You always start something, use it, and kill it. S- start it, use it, and kill it. So that that's the way to do this, do, do stuff, you know. So uh, if we would one day we would probably have this HTTP three client, you know, and then the the the, the, the speed uh, of the, the connectivity would be super fast. So we would connect to any kind of service. In a, in, a, in a millisecond, so we wouldn't notice that. You know? so but I that's think the, the, the problem with the go. connection is not necessarily HTTP3 rather than what the databases are doing. They are, uh, what they did is they they had, you know, per connection a memory space yeah, yeah, where that's, they that's had one to thing. Com- compiled, yeah, you know, the compiled thing. select. This is why we need prepared statement. But over time, the prepared statement were global and not associated with the connection. So right now we can yeah. get actually better performance without prepared statements or, or, or not better, good performance, good enough performance without preparing statements and yes. uh, the closing connections could work because the databases uh, are optimizing better than 10 years ago. Uh, but there's a, lot, there's a lot of hops, you know, yeah. when we talk about uh, uh, making a connection, it's not just about like, uh, for example, uh, would you, do you use uh, TLS to connect your backend service to a backend database. Yes. You see, like adding, just adding TLS to I have the connection. To. No, no, I, I don't like to, but I have to. Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see, uh, and and then it it adds extra time. Yeah. You know, extra resources to 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 get these things. So so it's a uh, so we need protocols and and uh, which would help this. You know, to to avoid this kind of a uh, uh, extra extra time to connect, and then so we can faster connect and disconnect. Okay. Of course, you know, if you're doing millions of small transactions in short time it's a it's a really different thing you know but then maybe you have maybe you need a different strategy you know like in terms of like batching stuff or or uh i don't know <laughs> do you remember when we when we, when, when or do you use oracle in, in any cases now do, do, do you use did you ever use java uh, uh store procedures in oracle yeah sure i, I tried that and by the way yeah. you remember at the beginning oracle had a virtual machine you know the name of the virtual machine yeah, yeah. What was no. it? That's, Aurora. I mean, you know, really? <laughs> yeah. If you search okay, for great. Oracle Excellent. Aurora, so this is what Excellent. I experimented Excellent. with. It was around 2002, maybe. So mm. Oracle had an own uh, Java virtual machine called Aurora, 
and you can run java.procedures on it. And what Oracle does right now is actually pretty cool. Uh, they are able to use GraalVM to run uh, JavaScript in the database, so it's also nice. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's another step. You know, but just like where the code is, and uh, can you provide parameters and uh, and everything, and then the code can be executed inside the database. Maybe you just need to change the strategy. You know, like. Uh, but in, if we go back and, and look at what the what the cloud databases are now, you know, uh, it's a uh, we need to understand like what kind of a use case we are trying to solve. You know, it's 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 in most cases it's the same use case. You have a website where people can enter some data, but then consume a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not that people are just, like, making a lot of stuff, writing a lot of stuff. It's always, like, a, a lot of uh, uh, reading stuff, blogs, uh, you know, all, all these strategies. So in terms of that, like, relational databases and other uh, and similar solutions, like, they're not really, like, the, 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 the most optimal way to, to, to deal with these things, you know? You may, you may save some metadata somewhere, you know, but then when you use this data... You don't really need that, you know. So you, you should you should just uh, uh, do it in a different way. So what AWS uh, does for you is it does this kind of distribution for you. So if, if you have too much data in one database, it will split the database for you, and you wouldn't oh, notice that. That's we have to talk DB. about this because yeah. the main difference between um, you mentioned Aurora, and uh, so mm -hmm. if you mention Aurora, we should actually. Uh, explain what it actually is. So for me, uh, and you are actually the database specialist, but for me, how uh, what the main difference between Aurora and RDS is, if you have RDS, which uh, Postgres, let's say, you have Postgres and RDS or MySQL, uh, maybe the same. Mm -hmm. And um, Postgres and RDS means uh, you have a uh, primary database and then you can have uh, a replica, but yeah. the, uh, the clustering works via you know, uh, the built-in Postgres protocols and capabilities. So, yes, and yes, what, right. what, what, what Aurora did is, so. yeah, what Aurora did, they say, we don't use the Postgres storage engine anymore, so we replace it completely with uh, AWS uh, proprietary technology, so there is no more replication because if you write, the data is stored in six locations across several availability zones, so if you open another database, it has immediate access to the to the storage, which is genius, if you think about this, right? Because yeah, just uh, this is, yeah. Think about the replication, replication that is one millisecond between two servers. You can yeah, but you are thinking like it, but uh, from the conceptual, conceptual perspective, it's like, you know, mm. um, you have two database engines which are stateless and they are accessing the same storage, which is very fast. Yeah. So yeah. This, this is this is Aurora. Exactly. But uh, of course, you know, uh, don't forget, these are only MySQL or Postgres, nothing, nothing special, you know? And uh, if you have one page that is in memory in, on the second server and the first server in, on the master server, you, you, your main server, you do some changes, it has to invalidate that page. So it's not only communicated through the storage, you know, it has to do some kind of invalidation. So it's, uh, it's tricky, you know, but it's super fast. That, that's the good thing, you know. And uh, what, they, what they provided us is not just like the replication to 15 different read servers in, in the same uh, mm -hmm. uh, region. It, it also provides super fast, I say really super fast, replication on a storage layer to another region, like from US to, 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 to Europe, you know, something. So you can have a really global solution with a, uh, that, can, that, that you can easily switch, you know. It's a it's couple of milliseconds on a global level. Come on. I mean, you cannot do that. There's no way to do that in, in, in Postgre. It's always something, you know, on, on, on this. Uh, uh, when you work on a... On a higher layer of, of databases, you send the, uh, the, the 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 command to be executed on another server. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not changing data on, on the on the storage layer. So uh, of course, I mean th there are many ways to 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 to, to scale and uh, and fix yeah, stuff. Yeah, scale, scale is important. But for most of yeah. my clients, what we have, mm -hmm. we have a couple, you know, of Postgres instances. And it's not like we are global, you mm -hmm. know, it is a still enterprise. It's not like we are Snapchat or, 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 or Instagram. And uh, but what it's cool for is backups, right? Because, oh, yeah. uh, it's because not just backups, we, called snapshots. You know, snapshots, and yeah, snapshots <laughs> and backups. Uh, and uh, because, um, or, or uh, how to call it, uh, disaster recovery. Because we can use another primary database and you know that it is always distributed and we can very quickly launch another instance or it's already running, mm -hmm. but it's not used. It's just hot standby. But you can within a minute switch to the other one. So uh, 
So the uh, this is more even more interesting for you know boring enterprise projects than high high scalability projects. So this this is my observation. And what's also interesting is you know the global database. This is my, maybe what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the the backend. The yeah. backend of the of the global global database is to have this global storage. You know, so mm -hmm. you know. But but look, just one point uh, uh, I'm going to make before we we end this like uh, uh, these great conversations with you, but because there's always end to it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one of the things that people uh, forget about the, uh, the 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 cloud is that, as I said, I've, you can say that the cloud is slower than your local machine, of course, your local server, your local da data center. But once you start scaling, and I mean, it's not like super high scaling. Like if at the end of the day, people start running reports and blah blah blah. So in 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 a, in, a, in a standard company, you will you will have kind of you will see the pressure on the system. Okay, so the biggest difference between having it locally or in the cloud is that someone else does the partition of data. I mean, of some kind, like for you. For if you're using DynamoDB, which is the greatest example of this, you will get this kind of uh, uh, this partitioning done for you before you do the query. So if you if it's a if it's a large partition, it will be split up. So the goal is not to have the fastest database on earth. The goal is to have consistent reads and writes to a database. So if I have 10 users, I will have 100 milliseconds for a request and response, maybe. If I have million users, I will also have, again, 100 milliseconds to get data and save data. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest difference between what you can have with DynamoDB and, 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 and your local relational databases. With the higher usage, they're going to be overloaded and you will see that you will you will see, you will be affected uh, yeah. by, by that pressure. That's the biggest part is how they so do it. One millisecond or hundred, what, what do you choose? You know, like no. stability is the most important, not like the, not, not, not always the, the speed. The interesting yeah. part is no, there's no magic. So the question is how they do it with DynamoDB. And the answer is, is yeah. pretty smart. You already mentioned the proxy. So they are sharding across, you know, the yeah. partition key. So this is the first thing. But um, there's actually the DynamoDB paper um, where, you know, lots of databases are based on because uh, um, there is a, it was um, published and uh, React database and and uh, lots of uh, Cassandra is yeah. also using yeah. the same the same idea. Yeah. And now the other just, thing just, is, a, just as a notion, DynamoDB paper is not, Exactly, there's a DynamoDB product. No, just like it's no, not this is like, so like for, a read for, for readers, it can be kind of sometimes confusing. Okay, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the ideas, like the, the partitions, yes. are still there, the quorum yes. or whatever. Yes. But yes. Yes. the interesting part is what you said the, the linear scalability is not like they have a crazy technology. The, the, the interesting part is if you use DynamoDB from day one at the say, same limits for every access. So you cannot read more, I think, than thousand uh, than thousand lines. Um, uh, there is a limit how much you can read per oh, kilobyte. Oh, there's a lot of limits. They, limits, they, limits. they just put too yeah, much and, limits. You know, but, but, this then... is, but this is good because you can never so, overload the service. If there are limits, they exactly know. You know, one node can sustain that much load. If this is too much, you get another node. But if you are locally, you can easily overload your service, and this is why it doesn't scale uh, linearly because there is no way to replicate your database. And the Dynamo, or, or to distribute the database. And Dynamo is distributed by definition. And of course, you can overload it. You know, if, you, if you are just using uh, you know, uh, uh, um, partition Scan. keys, which are not good, which, are, uh. which, are, which, are, which don't have you know, the, um, how to call it, cardinality, which the cardinality is uh, very low. But like even in that case, you will always get the same kind yeah. of response. You know? yeah, this if is it's like, bad you know, response, it will always be bad. For the <laughs> listeners... If you would use you no know, one key uh, uh, partition key, which is not really good, so it means it's with the same story like if it's a hash map, and you know that the, the, the there, there are objects inside which return hash code one. This you get this is a similar similar problem. So the better the cardinality, the more partition keys you get, the the the, the better the sharding across across DynamoDB are working. Otherwise, you get so-called hot partition, which is bad, or it is. Not bad. Yeah. It's not that good for performance. But it's consistent. You know, but it's, it's consistent. It's, it's, yeah. But this yeah, is that, the interesting cool. observation. If you would like on premise create a highly scalable solution, it's not about magic. It's about limits. I would say. So every yeah. of your services from day one, every API, you have to able to throttle, deal with throttling. You know, deal with timeouts, and this is the challenge. Not necessary. Yeah. You know, to, okay. to buy SSDs so, and, and 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 in memory persistence. There is in, in in that in that sentence that you just said. There is there is a there's a, there's a hidden thing. You know that says uh, that you know in cloud now we try to uh, 
we need to analyze like what are the exact usage patterns for, for, for what, what we need, you know, for, for and then uh, we have to focus on what, what we need. Previously with SQL, I mean, previously I still use <laughs> relational databases, but, but I'm just saying like, if you do that with the, with the SQL databases, well, you can do any kind of query, whatever you like, okay? So some will be fast, some will be, 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 be super, super bad, and uh, you, can, you can influence other people making queries, okay? So, but in Dynamo, and, 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 and if you want to do something for the cloud, you should look at the usage patterns and then do some stuff for that patterns. That means sometimes that you have to duplicate data. So if, Always. If two, if, yeah, if, if two persons need to look at the same data in, in two different ways, maybe you just have to prepare the response before they need it somewhere, you know? So, like, if you are... Uh, uh, if you are looking at your uh, Facebook like uh, uh, feed, maybe someone prepared the feed and and, and wrote it into some uh, JSON file before you even asked for it, you know. Yeah. And then someone else is looking in a different way, the same thing. So you need to understand usage patterns and then pack data in a way that it will be used. Exactly. And that's the biggest difference, you know, in terms of like uh, uh, so. Uh, uh, Remarkable. So you are an old, uh, old or young database uh, professional. Uh, saying this because this costs me a lot of time because if you if you use DynamoDB as three or something similar no SQL technologies uh, you organize the data across usage how to use how you would like to yeah. see the data and not how the data is stored and before that we organize the data in optimal way in a database to save you know hardware resources and there was a lots of joining and stuff you no know, to prepare the data uh, to present it to the user which which was mm -hmm. complex. Very good thing. And of course, there are challenges how to keep it up, up to date. And also what I find right now in, in my current projects is you have also to, to, to think about for what you are optimizing. Are you optimizing for writing or reading? What should of be course, faster? Course. It is uh, often very challenging to have a crazy fast, you know, write and read at the same time. Mm -hmm. So currently, for instance, uh, we are thinking, okay, we switch our strategy from, you know, um, Slower writes, which can be asynchronous and 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 faster reads, yes. but 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 you, but you cannot have both and and consistent, right? Inconsistency. Of course, There's no this, this, is, this is the cap theorem. <laughs> but um, yeah, but this is actually, if you manage to do this, and what it actually means is forget what you know, you know, like beginner's mind, and just write simple apps. This this works better okay, than okay. expected. Uh, the, the biggest problem is the perception of this consistency. You know, but uh, when when you save something to hard disk, there can be a cache. You know, that can be running on the battery. And uh, you can, you can have a feeling that it's that the, the data is written written to a database to a storage. You, you are know, true hackers. No? <laughs> so at, at the end, you mean it doesn't have to be like that. So in, in Aurora, you uh, the, the 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 Postgre calls one API and says, "Please save this data." Yeah. And it, it and it saves it to like six different locations, but it's not actually saving it in that uh, that that moment. It just says, "Oh, I acknowledge." That I receive this data and it will be safe, mm -hmm. but it's, it it doesn't, doesn't mean that it's on the hard disk in that in that exact second, you know. So that that means like you you see you have to you have to really trust all the layers beyond <laughs> below, you know. Yeah, but this is and, a, it's called about it's called about trust. You, you have to uh, it's, yeah. I mean, even even in your local network, you have to you have to think about what's what's behind the hard disk and, and stuff. And and one one last observation, maybe that's something that is really changing the way we deal with the with the data in the cloud is. Uh, previously, if you wanted to do some kind of uh, uh, aggregations analysis, you know, you had to do a lot of ETLs. You know, you have some data, and then you have to transform it so you can do queries. Okay, but uh, what cloud providers uh, uh, allowed us in the last couple of years is that you can have queries directly on the data which is stored in a in a, in a CSV file or Parquet file or something that is row or columnar based. So you just put files. And then you organize views around this data and then make queries against that data. So the storage, what we called previously storage, is not storage anymore. Like, for, for example, in AWS, S3 is not just a storage. It's a really smart storage. There's a technology called Aqua that does some smart things. For example, I can ask the storage layer, can you please make the, the average number in that, in all CSV files, in that column, and it can aggregate it on that on that server, and then you know you can you can you can it can call hundreds of servers at the same time and make maybe do some sum aggregation of any kind. So it's a, it's on a storage layer that the changes is, is happening now. So you can the the storage is now intelligent, 
So you can just dispatch the request and all the servers will just give you the answer. So you see what's going on. You, you don't need to do some super complicated ETL transformations all the time. You can just keep data somewhere and then aggregate it. And what's it, what, uh, what is now happening, it's called uh, elastic uh, materialized views, whatever. Glue materialized views of some kind, you know. You can connect any kind of database, you know, like DynamoDB, S3 storage, uh, relational databases, blah, blah, blah. And then you say, okay, make me a view of everything, and then you make a query. And then it, the query happens in that particular moment, or if it's materialized, it can check for increments and then do the change. Mm -hmm. So you see, you can write data to a database that suits you. You know, you can do your transactional, you can, your transactional system can work with that database. Well, but then... You know what, you need, what it is? CQRS. Command query. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is exactly what actually, exactly. this is built Nothing. in CQRS. We don't, yeah. we write the data in this way and we read from different, this is actually built in, which is really great. I, I was, you know, at the AirHacks workshops, were one of the question now, uh, whether I consider CQRS. I say, why I should do this? I mean, um, this is a, um, if, if you have, you know, the traditional premise database and you have JPA for everything, why would, you know, access something differently? But in the cloud, if it's already there, it's perfect. So, as you said, and it's easy, it it's easy to, yeah, uh, I just can use it. But, but why I will, this is actually interesting. Also, it's a, it's you, you a, could even say that CQRS became, you know, a cloud native pattern because it makes absolute sense on the cloud, must, it makes less sense locally on, because you will have to implement this, right? It's not about the cloud only, you know. You see, you, see, you can see the the, the the Bezium project. It's like the, the perfect yeah, example of, sure. of things are but, but happening. Like where I'm going people are to. moving data. People are moving data to our uh, to a location or the storage or the engine that will pro, pro, uh, provide them later better queries or better yeah. user access but patterns one final for that thing, data. Because otherwise, um, uh, okay. and hopefully you agree. Otherwise, we'll talk you know, for another hour. But uh, if you are locally and you would like to in, uh, to install the Bezium. You need to know the admin rights in Oracle. You know you you need a uh, Golden Gate uh, license, or if you get this log mine, something different. But you need you know skills to do it, and you need approval in production to do it. It will take time. Then you have Debezium, but you don't have Kafka, so you have to install Kafka and hook up with Debezium. You have to do this. So I would say it will take you if you do it the first time at least one week just to set it up. Oh, that's fun. Okay. That that's fun. But <laughs> if you're in the cloud, you have DynamoDB with Kinesis streams. It means this is no different to create a topic. So, I mean, you can use it or not, but it's already there. So the difference for me is in the cloud, all these services and systems are already available. Locally, I will have to implement everything from scratch. In one point of time, it is too expensive and too yeah. complex. Trust me, I wouldn't believe that if someone told me that like 10 years ago that I would connect to a binary log to a MySQL through Java and read stuff from it and do some... Uh, like CDS, CDC stuff, like by myself, you know, I, I wouldn't believe that. I mean, I really, I, I, ha I have some edge cases, but it's like super, super useful, you know, I, and I, I see the, uh, the, these skills, we cannot just forget, for, for, forget them. It's easier, but then, you know, some new stuff uh, comes always, and then you have to fix some new stuff, new problems, new cases, and then, well, if, if we just, if we forget about this open source stuff, like really, I mean, we can be stuck in a. In, in, maybe no, we will slow the not progress. Forgetting, maybe it's different. Mm -hmm. You're building a product. I'm in projects. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah, asking I what see. to do, I have to justify. Okay, my client, you know, okay, we will install everything here, and you need these skills to do it. I could do it, but the other developers that also know to understand it, and I have to convince them to do it this way. Or in the cloud, you don't have to convince anyone because just configuration. I say this is the DynamoDB table. Write it to Kinesis. Done. Right. And by the way. We should meet next time and talk about Debezium because I use Debezium a lot, but not in the cloud. Really? Excellent. Yeah, yeah I use uh, Debezium for it. very specific use cases, which are great. What do I use? Debezium together with Kafka and Kafka Streams and uh, for truly microservice architectures and uh, also for, uh, for cloud uh, sync. And uh, Debezium is the best technology ever if you, are, if you have <laughs> on-premise database. Yeah, okay. and, uh, but what I'm saying, if you go to the cloud, it's completely different. So the, yeah, the, of course there is a there is a there's an overhead in like uh, uh, in all this technology that you have to learn about these days, you know. But and maintain them, patch them. This is the problem. Yeah, maintain, yeah. patch, you know, do, the entire life have, cycle is the problem. Uh, do you have a Raspberry Pi cluster at home? 
Uh, no, because I have a real cluster. Uh, oh, I just I just uh, built another one. Uh, so okay. it's it's running Kubernetes one point twenty five. You know, so let, let, that's the life of our. Of, yeah, this of, is why uh, your vacations are busy. You know, because <laughs> if, if you're playing with Kubernetes, you have to write lots yeah. of YAML. I'm a Java guy, so yeah. I have you know lots of free time. Uh, uh, you see that uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's always something new. You have to you have to embrace everything, and then something new will come. If we just uh, support our cloud providers, that's going to be an, maybe an end to us. You know, like open source community is really pushing cloud providers to to, to next levels. You know, they they would stop probably developing, but like open source is just amazing. Whatever you think, cloud providers are great. Open source brings something, always something new. Like I'm really impressed what Postgre community is doing. Like really, always something, some new ideas, some new stuff. Maybe it's not oh, super useful, you know, but I'm it's completely always something new. Like, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm speaking, like, not from my leisure perspective, rather than yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah. business architect perspective. And it yeah, yeah, just want to, you just want to use, you just want to use yeah. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. and what I would like to have in my commercial projects, you know, a clear decision. There's a consequence. If we are going in the cloud, we should use the cloud. And if we are on-premise, we should focus on open-source vendor-neutral solutions. What I don't believe it, go to the cloud and don't use the cloud, just you know, install a virtual machine and put all yeah, open-source yeah. projects on it. That's crazy. So this is, this is, this is I mean, no one will understand this. So yeah, this imagine, is, imagine using AWS without S3. Yeah. Just local hard disk. That's complete nonsense, you know. That's I, I see this really in project, and they say they are cloud native, right? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, uh, and um, so this is what I'm talking about. So if you go to the cloud, I would always prefer managed proprietary. I say proprietary. I don't care about the standards services from the cloud. If I'm on premise, I would go. You know, whatever I, I talked the last twenty years, just you know, uh, vendor neutral JDBC, JPA, micro profile, whatever I have, I'm very happy with it. But what I don't like, you know, the the mix. We know if you have to care about your open source stuff and care about the cloud, you have to care about both things. It cannot be cheaper. It cannot be more maintainable yeah. than an on-premise solution. This one I'm talking about. And don't forget, like I had some serious trouble, you know, like a couple of times with the Aurora a couple of years ago, just because it's it's using actually the open source technology with its with all its bugs and all the issues, you know, that are inside. So it's <laughs> the many layers to that decisions. You you think you are using. The proprietary system that provides you like super uh, super secure uh, and uh, everything is fine. Don't worry, Adam. You you'll sleep fine. But then, some someone committed something in the open source repository and it was acquired by AWS into some project and it just breaks. You know, sure. so it's it's there are many layers. You know, uh, from from that top service that just provided for you and uh, you should never feel safe. No, Adam, in no, the no, cloud. no. <laughs> Of course, of, of course not. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, it should be the strategy should be clear. I don't yeah. like you know some you know, confusion that you know everything is we could do this or that. No, we go this. This is the strategy. We have to validate. it, We have to test it. And if it doesn't work, we can do something different. But let's be clear what 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 we are heading for. Perfect. Exactly. It was fun. Where people can find you? Great. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Goran Opacic, O P A C I C, and uh, you can just. Search for uh, AWS Data Hero. That's one of the things that I am really uh, engaging with. Uh, if you are in Netherlands, maybe you can come to our, uh, AWS Community Day. We'll talk uh, in, in, in like 15 days. We'll okay. talk about Aurora Serverless V2. It's like a, it's a whole new, like it's an entirely new product for AWS, like auto scaling uh, uh, on like vertical scaling, and that that's super super great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, many meetups, stuff like that. Cool. Perfect. And next time we can talk about the Beezum or more open source on yes. this cloud. Yeah. Yes. So then we, we can have no cloudless. What do we do without cloud? So this will be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Yeah. That, that You know, that many people asking me these questions these days. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm, kind of, I'm really worried. What, what did I invest, like, in the last 10 years? <laughs> I was just pushing to the cloud so much. Like, and then now everyone is asking, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you so sure? <laughs> so, well, I cannot, okay. I cannot sleep safe. You know, so. Perfect. Great, Adam. Thanks. See you next time. Bye-bye.